Good morning. Good morning. Recording in progress. Good Recording in progress. fucking morning. Good fucking morning. morning. What? <laughs> Am I missing something? No, I'm just doing the... You know who Rich Piana was? No, but it's a dead person? Well, yeah, he died. He used to, he was a he was a YouTuber slash bodybuilder, and he would always start his videos with "Good fucking morning, good morning, god damn it" or something like that. And uh, he died because he did too many steroids, and uh, <laughs> his giant muscles. He had a heart attack or something, or like heart disease. So, like, whenever any of these like really roided up people <laughs> get like known, they always fucking die like three years later because they're fucking roided and shit. Yeah, that made me think of the guy. I think it's his name, Ziz. You know him? Yeah. Yeah, he died too. Same reason. I hope. He had yeah. like a like an interesting, you know, because he started out as just like some very skinny, like nerdy kind of guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, I don't know. I, I can't remember what country he's from, but uh, he was, yeah, he was, I mean, pretty, pretty thin, pretty lean. He never really got like huge, huge, but he definitely cut off like a lot of the fat. I think a lot of the roids he did are more like, uh, are like more just like fat cutting roids and like endurance roids rather than like, you know, get giant, like swollen huge, but you know, same effect. You, you know, you're not going to live past 70 if you do that shit. Uh, past fucking 22 in this case. Yeah, I don't know what he did. <laughs> he, he must have been really, really going at it, but, you know, your heart just gives out. Anyway. Yeah, he, he died while he was in a sauna. So he was roided oh, up in a geez. sauna. And it's just like, yeah, you're making your heart work way too hard. I did not know that he died in a sauna. But that explains it. That shit really... I mean, saunas are not dangerous. Unless you stay in them for too long, but if you stay in them for too long on roids, that like threshold definitely goes down. Yeah, it is September fifth, twenty twenty two. It is evening. It's already really dark outside because it's been raining all day long. It's like it's like a hurricane is ba- is like basically going through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like saying here it's just hella gray outside. It has been solid gray outside because it is hurricane season and hurricane season in the mountains is fucking dismal. It is very sad. I forgot that this existed because when hurricane, whatever the one that went through Mississippi that destroyed Biloxi, that one, that one like forced rain here for five days in a row and it was just solid gray for five days in a row and it was very sad. I already don't like it. I don't know. I mean, it reminds me of Seattle, so I'd probably like that kind of thing. This shit sucks. I totally get why people from Seattle kill themselves all the time. (laughs) Fucking hell. Listen to 
listen to some. I listened to a lot of music this week. I listened to a friggin' lot of music starting like Tuesday. I don't normally listen to music until Thursday, but this week I was just in the writing zone. That's like oddly specific. Yeah, usually, you know, th- the end of the week I get a little happier. I'm like, you know, I can jam out to some more music. But this is okay. like, no, I'm going to really, I'm gonna, just going to really force myself to, to, to get to some writing. So I listened, uh, listened to a, listened to an album of a band that is called Nouns. And this band was, is, is somewhat known, somewhat known online as a, as an indie band that released some good works in, uh, in the early 2010s. And, uh, the first of this album was called Still Bummed. And it's it's got a husky with a Christmas tree, but it's like the only picture of any husky in the world that doesn't look like it's like on drugs or really happy. Like this husky's actually sad, which you know kind of adds to the alerts. Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna get an image of a husky that's sad? I mean, that just doesn't exist. They're always doing that goofy smile, and it's Christmas. Like, come on, this husky's gotta be bouncing off the walls and shit, but he's just like he's just he's just chilling. He's just he's just sitting there, you know, right in front of that right in front of that Christmas tree. Do you think he just didn't get any presents for Christmas and that's why he's out? I think he probably didn't get like that really juicy bone for Christmas. And he's just he's just really upset, you know. That bone with like a bunch of marrow inside of it that, you know, dogs will just like lick out for like for weeks. He's just like, Man, this Christmas sucks. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but on that album. Uh, I I am a big 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 fan of um, you're not the one that I want and the graduate. Uh, both both of those together is to me like a like damn near close to as good as Midwest emo or emo indie or whatever fucking stupid meme genres you want to call it. That's like as close as it gets to me for like act for the top tier really good shit that doesn't require a lot of you know. Uh, Ex- musical experimentation that you know it just hits really well so they put out an album nine years later uh that is called while of unsound mind and this album does not have a husky on it or nor is it at christmas because these people look like it's summertime and uh, it looks like it's like a marriage. I think that's a marriage, like in the you know forties or thirties or some time where every photograph had that sepia cover on it. You know, it had to look like. Oh, what, what color is sepia? It's like a brown. Yeah, it's like a it's like a brown. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a brown. And uh, I've got to say, this is uh, this is one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Hey, there we go. Yeah, this is this is up there. This is this is damn good. This is one of those albums too that uh, it, it starts off. The interlude is like a, like the longest not post rock interlude that is out there. It's like four and a half minutes for which any music, especially this like nowadays, you're like, holy shit, this is a fucking interlude. This is why are you even calling this an interlude? This is just a song. This is just a this is just a long thing, but it's a. Like right about the two and a half minute mark, it, it just kind of like it just fucking hits. It just fucking it starts hitting right there. The vocals, 
I I rag on vocals probably 60, 70% of the time when I really don't like an album. And I will say that the vocals on this are very close to the type of screechy male, like, um, like near, like, like, I want to say if it's black metal, but it's like kind of like the, the, the connection point between screamo and like certain types of either thrash or death metal that are super, uh, that I find rather annoying. And it's very close to that. But this shit is actually like every all the instrumentals around the voice are actually like makes it actually good, and I'm like, what the fuck? I actually like this. Like thinking that like halfway, <laughs> uh, Sente Quarry is the song that I listen to that I immediately I like. Oh man, this is like a song. I know this song. What song is this? You know, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking like constantly. It's like. Like of this song, I'm like, okay, the, the the vocals are happier in this song. It's like a, they're way more clear. It's like an indie band that I heard of, and I finally put it together. I'm like, it's that fucking pup song, and it's a song on the 2016 album from uh, the Dream Is Over, and it's the one that I freaking love. It's called Can't Win, where it goes, yeah, feel like you can't win, and it's, it's, there's there's some there's some two or th- two or four chords in Sente Quarry where I'm like, Oh damn, that's it. That's like really, you know, if it's four chords, then like three of them sound really close to it. And I'm like, Oh, I know this one. I know I've heard this chord a lot. So I started listening to pup after, uh, the first listen to this album. And, uh, I, for me, I love, uh, you know, kind of similar to, to where the first nouns album, where I would listen to You're Not the One That I Want and The Graduate together. This, the Pup album, when you listen to My Life Is Over and I can't, Couldn't Be Happier, and then follow it up with Can't Win, it's really, it's like the exact same effect. Like those two together, just such a damn good connection. And it, it's even funnier because the follow-up song to that, Familiar Patterns, I, I fucking hate that song. It's so shit. That song is so ass. I feel like, like I liked that one. It's the, the one part that I cannot help but feel pain when I listen to was when he goes and I, 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 like he does a triple vocal inflection on on either an I or an ah, like vowel sound. And it's fucking terrible. I, it makes my ears bleed listening to it. But is that, is that the one where he goes, uh, they used to say, don't quit your day job. Well, guess what? I never had one. I think is it is. I, I think like it might. Song. I think it might be. Like some, like the the first minute of that song is really, really good. But then it gets to like the chorus is just uh, it's got that triple vocal inflection where it just fucking kills every every other thing. Where I'm like, you could have. I feel like you should have just inserted or like rearranged the the line to that instead of doing this like like carrying out one syllable into three. Because you couldn't figure out a way to redo it, I'm just like, oh fucking hell, shoot my ears off. <laughs> but anyway, on this uh, on this album, the newer one by Nouns, Senti Quarry is really good. The fifth song, I actually did not like feed loops, f- feedback loops a lot. That one like is sandwich. It's like a it's like a bad sandwich. Like the bread is really good, but the the, the sandwich, you know, the meat is not good. 
Are there feedback loops on the track? There are feed. There are feed. Like some. I'm like in. some sla- I know you'd be in. I knew you'd be in. <laughs> Get him in here. But Amita Drive, we've uh, we've talked about Paranol before. That was one of the early um, album reviews we did. That was the uh, the Korean guy who did a really really good. Uh, Want to say it was Dream Pop album that I've kind of have wanted to go back and listen to, but it's got this. It's got a sample in it, which is like more of a talking sample. But it's very, very well played, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything else. But I, uh, when you add in a vocal, I think you talked about this before. When you add in like a a talking sample that seems like a preach, that you're just like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, just you know, yeah. make it make it music instead. This one wasn't a preaching vocal like sample. But it was done in a very in a very good way, and I liked uh, a lot of the instrumentals that the that they obviously put on. And uh, yeah, I mean the rest of this album is really solid. Lemurian Hyperstition is fucking amazing. It's also like eleven minutes long, and uh, the guitar work, like the structure of a lot of the songs. I want to say, like the first third, or the first like two-fifths minus minus like one song i think i mean to drive doesn't really have a lot of the vocals but the the vocals kind of fade off in in usage starting around i want to say song six where seven and beyond are so much more of like a of like a what's the word i want to say cherish but it's like you know it's it's more not like a tribute either, but it's like way more heavier into all of the instrumentals, and there's and the vocal usage just declines from uh, from then on. Um, I want to say it was Coma Wall, probably Coma Wall, where I think that one and Steiner both, like honestly, those three songs together were just really really well done, and I'm like, holy shit, this is an album that's actually delivering the entire time and uh i'm this is like one of those not a not a tribute because i want to say that they that this band yeah they released this recent uh, released an album last year after uh giving a a bunch of demos from like all of their prior work you know when they were releasing albums in the early 2010s but they've kind of come back and i've kind of actually want to listen to uh their 2021 album because i never even knew they released one but the 2022 one, that's this is definitely uh, some of the some of the better work this year. I have not uh, I have not looked at any other reviews, but I kind of want to because uh, this is like one of the this is like one of those bands from the from like a while ago that you're like that you like you come back and you're like, damn, they actually delivered on like something that you would be kind of skeptical on. Not sure that they're even on here. Yeah, fucking hell. Well, All right, well, pitch, I got pitchforks fucking sleeping on them. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I got two quick questions here. Yeah, what's one, up? One, uh, so when you talk about how like the vocals like they get less prominent around like track six or seven, like they start leaning more into instrumental stuff. Do you think yeah. there's a reason for that? Like, is it part of a, a story or like a, a theme that they're trying to advance? I'll be honest. I I fucking am so shit at picking up like stories and albums that uh, I probably could not answer that like to the fullest extent. Um, 
maybe i i think it could be it could kind of be like um a transition uh from from kind of uh from from louder more angstier youth times to more stoic and um not hands off like stoic and uh kind of stomaching just whatever life gives you as you kind of get older is that a projection yeah maybe it is a projection but that's <laughs> but i mean that's kind of that that would be that would be the primary like um because i i kind of feel that i'm pretty good at picking up what uh what stuff nouns puts in and their 2013 work um still bummed that was a lot of angst and i feel like midwest emo and a lot of these emo bands that release stuff for you know a decade plus i mean he's got demos from from 07 so this guy's just been doing it and i mean this whole band i want to i want to know how many people are in it but i know that it originally started as like one person that's always cool to see yeah a lot of these people definitely started picking up in 2013 and and maybe it's maybe they don't have a like stuff from prior to that but that's just where they're because i know that it's got hunter man as the uh as the primary he doesn't even have dates on his stuff but everyone else has got you know started in 2013 so i think like maybe they maybe he was uh just an original maybe they started maybe those all four started in 2013 but i don't know they've uh swapped a little bit they've got a couple guys that you know still going but they've um i think that it could be the the comeuppance of age you know from like the 2013 work where it's all angst or all just melancholy stuff to to nowadays where it's like kind of a more wider spanning story of of the early you know the early songs that are reminiscent of maybe it's a maybe it's regret i mean it could be regret of those older times and maybe the entire album is a retrospective of of early regret versus you know eventually just kind of acceptance of you know things can't change and and all this sort of stuff that you may see in like the the latter half of the album uh what was your second question okay yeah i mean uh first yeah that was a good answer to that question and then uh my next question i guess you kind of answered it now that i think about it um if it gets a little bit more stoic as as the album goes on but when i see something uh where the tags are like noise rock and post-hardcore and screamo and math rock and then i see the album length is like 60 minutes i'm like uh i feel like i get burned out on that kind of stuff past like minute 40 or something so do you i mean do you feel a little bit of burnout with this one i did not feel any burnout whatsoever oh no no burnout whatsoever there is a lot of uh there's a lot of switches um i would say just in the general because I, because th- kind of the transition stuff that happens maybe like two fifths of the way through, that that I think is a good way that it combated the you know the sixty whatever minute um, album, just throwing in different sounds. You know there isn't I wouldn't say that there's one coherent consistent sound through the entire album because the earlier stuff, um, I would say even disregarding Sensi Quarry, but Interlude, We Will Never Surface. And I guess feedback loops are definitely heavier on on the vocals than uh, Amina Drive. I would say is more of like a one-off. I don't know if it was released as a single, but I feel like it could have been released as a single. Actually, I wouldn't even really. Well, I guess if you include Amina Drive and the rest of you, those may be 
I, I think he should have just made that one song. Like, that's kind of weird that they split that off because there's a, it's like that whole transitional, like the very ending of uh, Amina Drive versus the rest of you are like the same sound where you def- they definitely recorded them as, at the same time. So you're like, why did they split that off? I'm not really sure. I couldn't answer that. But I, I don't think Spotify play. Yeah, maybe I guess. <laughs> maybe <laughs> when you see the indie album with a bunch of like a uh, two minute, two minutes to three and a half minute song links, then yeah, that's absolutely it. But this, I mean, there's so much going on in this, and I don't think I don't think Nouns does this at all. I think there's so much meat in some of these songs that you're. They could have stretched out some of these songs to like three, three songs if they really wanted to do something like that. But this, uh, I don't think that there's any burnout. I, I think that this is really solid all the way through. And yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, you're going to be like, wow, I've listened to this album for 40 some odd minutes. But I don't think that that's cognizant of burnout necessarily. It's just longer than the, the stuff that gets released. That's like the 37, 41, 32 minute album, you know. Yeah. All right, I'd say let's gotta, do it. Got to put a number on this. Yeah, what, what I put a number. Put I put a number on it. I put a three and a half. I put a three and a half, and I didn't put a four because I think, um, I would say that some of the. I would say I, I guess I would say that the the lack of the coherent sound really kind of worked against it on my rating, like not necessarily that an album has to sound, um. I would, you know, let me backtrack on that. I think that I am more apt to rate an album I like as a four than a 3.5 if it has one constant sound that it does really, really well. One example of that is Psycho Candy. That album is like not a, I don't think it's a storytelling album at all. I don't think it's, you know, got like some uh, greater, um, it's not got some greater significance like in the meaning of the album. It just sounds really, really good and it's really, really constant throughout its entirety. Yeah. And it's that's kind of like what if we uh what if we did some some very like dry vocals, but then just made it really like loud and noisy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I like that. I think it does really well. That's in that. good. That's good, yeah. I would say the 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 level of the vocals and the level of the the guitars changes too much for me to really settle into it as a four. I think it's a solid 3.5. I really like it as a, I don't want to say a concept album, but it's like a, it's, it, it does what it does well, well enough for me to really, really like it, but not like fall in deep love with it. And uh, yeah, I think uh, overall it's, Definitely should be something that someone listens to this year. If you're putting together some like albums of the year, like thing, if this isn't on it, you didn't even listen to music this year. Get fucked, suck my balls, <laughs> sort of, sort of deal. That's um, but yeah, I'm I'm finishing off. It's a three point five. It's got a feature of a guy that I like. It's got a it's got a song on it that reminds me of other music I like. Like just get fucked. I like this. Fuck all of the negativity. Bang. Damn. Dot com. <laughs> Bank.com. <laughs> so uh yeah. what so what uh what you gotta you listen to an album. You listen to a you listen to a a, a esoteric album. 
Yeah, so I got to start the story off with uh, I'm, I'm a little under the weather today. I don't oh, know no. if it comes through in my voice. Uh, doing better today than I was yesterday because here's what happened. Uh-oh. Yesterday, I, uh, I, was, I was making some, some lunch. Just making some lunch. And, uh, Just some, making some lunch. Yeah, I had some pork chops in the fridge. And I was going to do, or I did like a you know, just pan sear it a bit, uh, finish it in the oven, and I made like a, a little plum sauce, a red plum sauce that I was going to put on it. And okay. I had some, some brown rice with some peas and carrots with it, and it tasted really good, dude. I was so happy with myself. I'm like, this is this is what I trained for. This is what I did all that hard work uh, sticking to the HelloFresh for a couple months for. This, this is what it's all about. Yeah. Plum sauce is tough, man. Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, problem was, yeah, when I uh, when I got this pork out, I gave it the little field test. It was, it was just a little slimy, just a little slimy, and uh, I thought, well, it doesn't smell bad, and if I have a few drinks, I can probably kill whatever germs or bacteria are oh. in there. Yeah, it doesn't work that way apparently. Oh, uh, so. A few hours go by and I start to feel like hot and cold at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, this is not, this is not going to be a good day, chief. So I'm literally just like laying on the couch, uh, trying to like put some blankets over me and I'm like sweating, but not sweating too much, but I still feel cold at the same time. So I think I had like a little bit of a fever from this. It's probably just like a very, very light food poisoning. Like I'm not, I'm not doing bad anymore. Thankfully, like the worst of it is over. But uh, it kind of just like knocked me out of commission for a while. Like I was thinking about not even like just skipping the show this week. So I'm like, I don't even know if I'll be coherent enough to do this. Like I had such bad brain fog for the bigger chunk of the beginning of today. So what do you think you had? Did you have like salmonella or something? I don't fucking know, dude. I don't think about it that much. I just know I ate some food that I probably shouldn't have eaten, and it made me feel bad. Very bad. All right. Be honest, Chief. How long have you had this pork chop for? Well, I had only had it for a couple of days, but it was like, you know, the only time I'm really buying meat nowadays, because the price of meat has gotten too damn high. Yeah. Uh, the only time I'm really buying meat is if I go to the grocery store in the morning. And they have like kind of some of the older stuff on sale. So I probably should have eaten it that day. But, you know, I'm, I'm young. Fuck it. Right. I'm not going to die. Fucking state of that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, yeah you're, eating, you're eating salmonella bacteria as pork chops. My man, I do the same thing. I go to Kroger. They slap a big ass fucking reduced price on it. They, they, normally, there is a sticker on the Kroger thing, if I'm buying meat at Kroger, they put a sticker that says, here's the price, here's the price if you use your stupid ass, not not even rewards, it's just a membership card, they don't give you fucking rewards, they're like, lick my ass, you're, you're not getting shit, but then, after, after time goes by, they will slap a big ass reduced, and the number is like, five times bigger than what the small print says, for like uh, when it's just normally on whatever price it is, but the price, like you know, you could get a giant pork. Uh, I don't know, oh, shit. I think it's a pork, just a pork butt, where they like sell giant 
like slabs of pork for like uh eight dollars or whatever i you gotta give it the you gotta give it the ocular pat down you gotta look at this meat and say okay this looks just fine compared to the other ones because some of the time it's uh like especially with especially with beef it'll look really red and marbled and you know what what you think normal raw meat looks like but after a while if it's they put that sticker on you gotta you gotta still look at that meat if it's it's definitely gonna start going like brownish pinkish instead of like that bright red but this is for beef for pork i guess it just turns like a little brown i would i would say it loses the pinkness in like pork where it kind of starts looking like a smoker's lung instead of a, <laughs> <laughs> instead of a fucking pork chop but whenever whenever I get a whenever I get any of that shit that's on sale because it's like the best date is coming in like two days or like one day. That shit goes in the freezer like immediately. That yeah, shit does not. That. that shit does not stay in the fridge. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible about freezing meat, but I I need to get better about that. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It sucks because you gotta. I always if I know that I'm gonna eat something the next day, I just put it in the fridge, and then the next day I may have it for like lunch or something. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's the part that sucks about it. It's just is what it is, but yeah, Yeah, I don't, I I don't blame you for getting cheap meat. Like, yeah, that shit sucks, man. It's like, like all the ground beef and all of the, uh, like any specific cut is just really, really high. And I said this about eggs, man. They can't fucking do this to eggs. <laughs> We're back on the eggs. Fucking eggs are the eggs are important as hell. You don't know how many people eat like a eat like a main egg diet. Like they just, I mean, eggs are vital, man. I'm I'm slamming down eggs a lot of the time nowadays. Where, uh, yeah, man, that's like my breakfast. They used to do eggs and. Uh, like turkey bacon because like bacon got too expensive and i'm like wow i guess i'm gonna fucking just eat turkey bacon but eh i recently here's a problem here's a problem with those sales i'm gonna get into this they had recently a a a bacon sale at at one of the kroger's where it was like a freaking six pound bag of thick sliced bacon where like the entire square was as big as like as big as your standard, like, shit, how big is that? Like, 10-inch by 10-inch mouse pad? That's just what I'm relating the size to now, because I have a mouse yeah. pad in front of me. But, oh, like, that's pad. the size of this bacon pack. And it was thick. I'm talking, like, the thickness of this was at least an inch and a half. And once I inevitably ran out, I was very upset, because, like, I was like, man, that bacon was so good. The normal, like the sale price of it was like $4 a pound. The normal price is like $7 a pound. It's not worth it. That's why this freaking, that's why like, that's a dangerous thing. Like I had, I used, I actually got bison meat when it was on sale once. Once that ran out, I was fucking sad. Like that's like the inevitable, like, oh, these sales are so nice. But then once you run out, you're like, wow, guess I'm going to have to go find some shitty pork again. Because <laughs> pork's cheap as hell. Because like, you know, most people want to eat beef instead. Yeah, man, stick it in the freezer. Yeah, uh, I figured, you know, fuck it, I'll roll the dice on this one. And uh, yeah, got some snake eyes. Uh, so last night while I was just like 
completely out of commission basically i watched a few documentaries on amazon prime just because it's like i need some kind of background noise but i absolutely cannot pay <laughs> attention to anything right now yeah so i got some some quick thoughts on these on these docs all right let's see what what, what docs did you get to did you watch the freaking cave diving doc no because i would have to pay oh. attention to that oh i thought about I mean, it i kinda, really thought yeah, about it you kind of do some of it's in thai I think it's Thai, right? Yeah, that language Thai. I guess I don't know. So, what what docs do you watch? So I'm going to start with the least interesting one and go forward up to the most interesting one. So uh, I watched four documentaries because I could not sleep. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> it was bad. Man. Did, you get, just... did you get smarter from this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, worst of the four I watched is called Idaho the movie. And it's literally just like scenic scenes of Idaho with people from Idaho talking about how special Idaho is. <laughs> Gotta say, man, just <laughs> absolute. Just... <laughs> not, not interesting at all. Like, what the fuck is this here for? Who who decided that they were just gonna make a documentary about Idaho? Dude, see the pant the everything that's like where Idaho is really skinny. Like everything north of uh, of Boise is like really pretty, but like that whole valley area, the southern part, like that shit blows. If they made a documentary on that, I would I would not watch it. Yeah, I, it was it was just lame, man. Yeah, it was just lame. Uh, so number three out of four uh, is called Superfish Billfish, which is like just about some like pretty cool fish. Like I'm not mad at it. It's narrated by. David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, anything that he's narrating, it's like, this is at least going to be, like, pleasant on the ears. So, it's it's just about, like, some... I, I don't know exactly what kind of fish. I know they're talking about some big marlins or something that have been, like, fished out. But, like, it, there's not as many of them anymore because the, the squid or the octopus that they eat have been overfished. So we're losing out on that. And it's, you know, there's this crazy guy who's going in and swimming with these big fish and these octopuses and all that stuff. And there's sharks in the water. And there's a point where he's like surrounded by a school of smaller fish. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'm in there. I can't see anything. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> he's just a mad lad, dude. He's a fucking crazy mad lad. I loved him. So billfish are, uh, billfish are like a, a designation of a type of fish. Which typically the only designation looks like it has to have that giant spear, of which marlin are just one of them. They're the biggest one, though. Yeah, but they talk about swordfish and lionfish in there too. From what I remember. yeah, yeah, swordfish. I uh, the only reason I know, you know, I could see that those have been endangered because those have just always been illegal to fish out. Whenever you go to like South Florida or like Miami, like like their uh, their protection of those is pretty like pretty fierce, like. Unless you're rich, of course, but like you know, they they'll really fuck you over. They find out that you're catching marlin, dude. They'll fucking arrest you. I bet. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like it was just you know kind of a, a a pleasant watch. So you know, if if you're ever like super bored and just want to put on something that's like halfway interesting, pleasant on the ears, got some cool underwater visuals, I recommend that one. Number two in second place, it's called the Swamp, and it's. Literally, uh, just about a, a swamp. Like it's about uh, the Everglades in Florida and development that people have tried to start there, just not realizing how the ecosystem works. 
and especially like there was some governor who said he was going to drain the swamp and build a bunch of shit on it in like five years for like a dollar an acre and then you realize he's making like backdoor deals with other people to like inflate the price of the land basically and he's trying to like you know pump and dump it basically uh but what i really liked about this documentary was uh this guy i'm sending you his wikipedia page right now i and, uh, i is this the guy is this that oh dude never mind i looked up <laughs> freaking i looked up the swan because at first at first i thought you said swan but then i oh. saw then i read then i realized swamp because you're talking about florida one of the one of the people that's in this is Matt Gates. Is he really in it? I didn't even notice. I think, yeah. Well, <laughs> he came up in one of the images, and I think he's in it. He might be. I wasn't, again, I wasn't paying too much close attention. I just thought it was funny because they start talking about this guy named Dickie Balls, and I kept hearing it as Dickie Balls. Why the fuck would you go by Dickie if your last name is Balls? And it doesn't help that his like middle name is Johnson, so he's Dickie Johnson Balls. Oh, never mind. This is the wrong fucking swamp. Christ. Oh, that's probably you gotta, you gotta spell out, You gotta spell out what's this documentary called. It's literally called The Swamp. It's a PBS documentary. All right. There's a second documentary called The Swamp. And it says, get ready to pull back the curtain on Washington politics in this riveting documentary that follows renegade Matt Gates, fucking Christ. I don't know, man. He's a real renegade. Wasn't he like uh, trying to, wasn't he involved in like some sex trafficking shit? Yeah. Yeah. That's, but. When you were talking about Florida too, so I'm like, okay, well, this might make sense if Matt Gates was so because he's from Florida. Yeah. All right, so this, yeah, Dicky Bulls. <laughs> Every time they said his name, like the oh, first so time they said this it. is like the old, old like Florida, like yeah, like, yeah, when it was getting developed. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah, go like actually. Okay, ago. now I'm way interested in it. I thought this was like, I thought this was like in the span of like the last twenty years. What it what what did it go on about? Let's let's hear what it's about. It just it's just about like the basically people thinking they can control the Everglades and not realizing that when they fuck with it, they're fucking with like a lot of Florida and you actually cannot control this system. And you know, so many people have tried to like drain it and develop it, but they're either like running a scam or they're just completely like overestimating themselves. This is very reminiscent of a place that um, that I know someone that has um, that has one with has a property in, and the area is called uh, the area is called Marco Island, and Marco Island is just it's on the Gulf side. It is this. It is really one of it's the southernmost. Um, like actually, like people can go there and like you know, it's like a snowbird city where it, it's kind of very odd. Like the the entire west, like the Gulf Coast, is like snowbirds for Midwesterners, like where they'll you know go for whenever, like Naples and Fort Myers and shit. Whereas the East Coast is fucking hey, I'm walking in, but it's in Florida, <laughs> <laughs> like Boston and New York, and everyone on the East Coast goes there. So 
there is a there's like a lot of history on uh, on Marco Island because of just the nature. I mean, if you look up on maps, like on a like a geographical, like you could not physically tell the difference between like Marco Island and everything south of it, which is just the same. So many, so many inlets and keys and and little islands and shit that it is so so hard and i can understand why you just look at the west or the east coast and you look at all that and it's like easy to develop you know developed on like miami and stuff and all of those like little shit lakes and then you look at the west and it's like so more irregular and it's just so much tougher to do anything there because of like what you said i would love i would actually like to watch this documentary because there, there's a lot of times where I could easily see because if you look at the map, like Marco Island is is pretty nice. Like it's got a lot of Italian fucking people on it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like there's a lot of uh, like Chicago Italians and like New York Italians. It's it's like a it's like a running joke that it's like used to be a mob like vacation spot from uh, from the organized crime of the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> Where if you look at Goodland, which is just east of it, it is a fucking, like, it is very close to, like, the bayou in Louisiana where it's fucking gross and, like, (laughs) flooded and shit and people have, like, cars in their yard and, like, there's, like, no fence, like, no, like, people just kind of drop houses and places and it's, like, really kind of gross and and whatever. I don't know, that's kind of cool. They're just like, hey, I want to live here. Fuck it, I'm living here. I'm dropping my house. There's like no fences, no shit. None of it. It's like just really odd. And it's like everything's irregular too. Like the streets are fucking like all over the place. It's very, very interesting. But what were some of the what were some of the big scams that like that this guy would run? Well, I think uh if you look at the the page for Dickie Bowles, uh he was like the I mean, he, he ran, like, the best scam there. Uh, reading from his Wikipedia page, it says, In 1908, Balls purchased 500,000 acres of undeveloped land from the state of Florida at the price of $2 an acre. He went on to sell this land, sight unseen, to unknowing non-residents. His salesmanship was ultimately a scam, and in 1911, those who were caught up in it brought suit against him. Later in 1913, he was indicted and arrested, though later found innocent. And then he died six years later the fuck <laughs> how do you get later found innocent like do they just change their mind i guess it was probably a thing of like you know you guys agreed to buy this land um and maybe it was just like shit was more lax like back then like you probably do a little bit more false advertising up for grabs john rothschild 1985 fiu reclaim huh yeah i feel like you know he probably, I, I think that he could, like, you know, maybe just a bunch of people made, like, really bad purchases, and, like, they're like, oh, you fucking scammed us. He's like, no, we didn't. You bought this. You're stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, you're stupid for buying it, but it's not a scam. Yeah. yeah. If you it's buy something a... sight unseen, and then you get there, and you're like, oh, this fucking sucks. Give me my money back. No. Go away. <laughs> have, your fucking, yeah. have your swamp land. <laughs> I know a lot of it was, like, he was promising that there would be, like, developments on that land and stuff but of course it never happened because it's the everglades you can't build on the swamp like that yeah enjoy your sinking restaurants nerd (laughs) 
All right. So number one documentary. Uh, this one actually I think is a good watch just like on its own. Um, it's not just like some shit to put on, on in the background to kill time. It's actually kind of interesting. Uh, it's called Generation Wealth. It's from 2018. Oh, man, it's got a 6.6 on IMDb and a 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. So people He's were not feeling this one. Putting his neck out for this documentary. It's a little narcissistic, I guess, because a lot of the movie kind of is about the director, uh, Lauren Greenfield, just kind of like reflecting on her life growing up as a like a more middle class person in like a more like wealthy California town. I want to say it was California anyway. Um, but I think the interviews in here are actually pretty interesting. Like it's a really wide cast of characters. There's like one porn star that she interviews. Uh, there's some Harvard businessman guy who says that uh, at peak, his net worth was like 800 to 900 million dollars, uh, but he had to like flee the country because he got some legal troubles and shit. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's a fucking crook. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's, you know, just going over all these different people and where they were at a certain point in time when they decided they needed to make a lot of money and what that's brought them after it. Like, there's one guy who was, uh, it looks like he was sort of like a one or two hit wonder rapper. Uh, and you know now he's like a family man kind of guy, and I'd never even heard of him before. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting cast. I think the cast is the most interesting thing about this documentary. Like the whole idea of it, oh, getting rich is actually not that great. No shit, dude. This is fucking like fifth grade shit. Money can't buy happiness. Oh, fucking who who would have thought? You know. But the people are interesting. Um. So was that like kind of the biggest takeaway? Was it a lot of talks from these people that like have these big influence? Cause I'm looking at a uh, Lauren Greenfield's um, her Wikipedia page. Now seems like that she was kind of like an advertising for beauty or something or advertising. Um, seems that like she's just done a, like a lot of like uh, not brain. What's the word? Oh God. It seems like she was in like a, like a, Brainstorm. What's the word for brain? A think tank. That's right. Seems like she, she was advertising for like a lot of stuff that like think tanks would have like, you know, identified for advertising things. Because she's done one that I remember was a was a big hit, which was the like the like a girl um, advertising. You know, it was like uh, that like you know was huge for because it was because it. Yeah. hit the super bowl stuff she's like you know throw like a girl like it was kind of the whole like oh when did when was a a girl like a an insult or like a a, a claim of weakness and they're like girls do this and that and all this stuff and it was like you know it was like yeah i kind of agree with it and you know did really did huge but like what was her um like what was her takeaway from like you know maybe a decade plus spent for advertising i mean working for advertising companies was it just like oh i'm still sad i'm rich but i'm still like not found life. like well, what is she whining about yeah so a lot of her work that she shows is actually stuff she did as like a photographer and she's sort of going over some of this stuff and seeing themes that pop up in her photos about like those themes about like beauty and, and money and that kind of stuff uh so her, her big takeaway was basically that yeah like oh 
you know, I ended up doing pretty well myself, but uh, uh, I'm part of this like toxic culture and stuff. I don't feel bad for this bitch at all. She went to fucking Harvard. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's that's where she met uh, the 800 to 900 million net worth guy. Uh, and he, he had some really interesting things to say about what he learned in Harvard Business School. Where he's like, yeah, that's basically where you learn to take over the world or how to do that. You were not even a senior. And at the very beginning of your filmmaking, I was attending Harvard Business School at the time. It's the best point of capitalism. Does Harvard Business School teach you how to be a good person? <laughs> No, we're fine-tuned to rule the world. That's it. <laughs> That's what they teach you there. Yeah, they, they teach you to just get... They teach you to make, like, two or three connections and then, you know, talk for, like, five minutes in some think tank. And then, like, oh, you have the connections and the influence already. Just go and do it. You know, these, these giant mega corporations are just going to follow you because they're lemmings. Yeah. I'm actually looking at her Wikipedia page right now, uh, and she made a documentary after Generation Wealth that sounds really interesting. It's called The Kingmaker, and it's about the Marcos family from the Philippines, like a political dynasty there uh, that was maybe not the best towards its people. <laughs> um, yeah. well, that sounds that sounds interesting, especially because the focus is on Imelda Marcos, who's like the the wife of uh Ferdinand Marcos who was like a, a dictator basically mm -hmm. I will uh, say one thing that sticks out um to the Wikipedia page there is one actual reviewer that I that I have um I like their work a lot I think uh most of the reviews that they have put in are very 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 meaningful and uh his name is Robert Ebert or Roger Ebert sorry no. yeah and uh, it says on here, Nick Allen of RogerEbert.com, which I am assuming is is a is a critique that kind of tries to follow in his uh, in his footsteps. He says Nick Allen wrote that the film was a stunningly deeply resonant documentary about notions as seemingly obvious as the value of love over wealth itself. So the, I, th I think I think I think you're following it. I think you kind of are. F Having the same mindset, sorry, not following in line, but having the same mindset as a someone that I feel probably would have a lot of of actual critical value, um, whereas a lot of people are probably like, "This bitch is rich as hell. Get the fuck out of here!" Like me, like me. <laughs> so I, you know, I think it would be very interesting to see like actual uh, unique um, thoughts towards the, oh, I'm rich and I fucking still don't have anything figured out idea because as for me as things you know as whatever the state of our society gets more unequal the the ability to have empathy for those that have supposedly it all is a lot very waning i would say yeah. yeah it's it's hard to like feel sorry for some of these people like the big net worth guy i'm just gonna call him big net worth guy from now on uh, he has like the big defining moment where he says basically like if anybody tries to tell you it's worth it they're wrong because money can't buy the time back like, i can't buy back hugs from my daughter so like what is what was it worth anyway uh so 
yeah, it, it is kind of like hard to feel sorry for him because, like, bro, you're rich as shit anyway. Like, have another daughter. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'll be honest. My uh, one of my one of my like extended cousins. Uh, he he does very well for himself. His wife does fairly does very well for herself. They both have a lot of. Uh, they both, you know, they do very well. They uh, they live in England, and uh, they like just started having kids, and they're like 39, 40 years old. Like they have, uh, they have. I want to say two, and maybe they're going for three. But like, you know, it's not really like you know. You could say, oh, that's really late, but like, you know, you could still do that at that age, and even a little bit beyond if you really, you know, want to just keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, but that is to say there's somebody else that gets interviewed in this documentary who uh, it's kind of that similar thing where her and her husband just weren't really trying to have kids, I guess, for a long time. I don't know if they weren't trying or they were trying, like if they weren't trying because they were focused on their careers and stuff. I want to say that's what it was. And uh, later, you know, like women are on a time clock there. It gets to a point where there's just no more eggs, man. So they're doing like they're trying to do a lot of like in vitro. Uh, so they try that, I think, like five times. And I think it works the fifth time, but she might have like a miscarriage or something. And then after that, I think they do a surrogate and it works. But she basically starts talking about how like after, you know, the fourth or fifth time, he just wasn't really into it anymore. Like he wasn't trying to have kids at that point. Oh. And then after they got the kid to the circuit, like he ended up divorcing her anyway. That's fucking sad. Was it still, I mean, was it still his, I don't know how any of that works. I'm kind of dumb. And, uh, yeah. but it was still like his, half of his like DNA. Yeah. So what goes That's on fucked. with the surrogate, I'm pretty sure is it's like you take out the egg and you fertilize it with the sperm and stuff. And then you just put that in another person and let it grow. That's what I figured too. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty whack. That would really suck to just, you know, go through that because I'm sure that took years, yeah. you know, to do because it takes that many. That takes that long to, you know, raise. And then he's like, ah, you know, maybe he gets to some age. It's like, ah, not so sure about this anymore. Okay, well, there, go enjoy 18 <laughs> more years. Should have realized that. Honestly, shouldn't have even done it in the first place. If like fucking four or five years goes by, and he's like, nah. A fucking dick. If it worked the first time, that kid would have been like five years old, and he's like, "I don't really like you anymore." <laughs> well, fucking I think terrible. A lot of their stories, like she was just very insistent about it. When he was just kind of like, "We're past that point. Like, there's, it'd be better if we didn't." Yeah. But you know, then your wife starts getting on you about stuff, and you're like, "Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Fine." Man, if they're uh, they're so uh, they're so like sad about not really having it all with the with the having all that money how about they try giving some of it away then <laughs> bastards no i'm kidding but uh yeah that's uh it's very interesting if it's got a unique like um unique story then then i would actually be interested to hear it because uh yeah if 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 you get like bogged down in your work as like some even if you don't already have kids and you're like in your 30s like that's fucked man you can't do that you gotta you gotta start having priorities and shit yeah and i also think i just also want to say that like the 
porn star girl, she was really interesting too. Uh, she had, you know, just like that typical story, like some she was some like barista at the coffee shop, kind of getting by, and uh, somebody approached her about doing porn. I think she was from Oregon. Somebody approached her about it, and she was like, "Well, sure, why not?" And uh, then you know, she's living in like a penthouse suite a few years later, and it's just like an unreal amount of money. But then she starts talking about how, like, you know, sometimes you got to use drugs to get to a scene. And she starts talking about how she filmed some scene where she actually tore her asshole open. It's like, oh, wow, this is this is actually pretty brutal stuff. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say no at a point, man. Hey, man, it's, it was apparently some really good money. You know, and it's Dude, how no. you turn down that money in the moment. You know, how much money? How much money would you take to split your asshole? Well, you don't know it's going to happen before it happens. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you're right, but like, I'm I'm asking you now. It's like, if you know that, uh, if you know that, I like, if you know no. that your asshole is going to get split, how <laughs> no. much money? How much money? No. There's a, there's, I know you have a price. I mean, yeah. You tell me there's like a billion dollars in it. It's fucking fine. Yeah, I'll I'll take some pain for the. For the you pain. would take nine hundred ninety nine million too, though. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. So where your, is it? What's the what's threshold? Your fucking number. What's yours? Um, I mean, I gotta know how far it's gonna split. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna charge by the inch here, or the centi- I guess centimeter. You probably charge it in centimeters, you know, because yeah. it's like you know, like how you're like how long is it? I mean, inches like. Got, it's got to be smaller than inches. Probably like, probably like centimeters. Yeah, I, I would say like per centimeter. Um, probably like five hundred thousand dollars. No, probably more. I don't know if it, does it ever just tear one centimeter though. Like I, I don't think that ever happens. Yeah, but you know, like I, you know what? Actually, I would probably make the. I would probably make it like a. An exponential function, like, <laughs> like, what, like two centimeters is probably like like a hundred like a hundred thousand like squared like to or no not squared you know to some exponent where it like just kind of keeps increasing as you keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that power would be, but it, it would be something like that. This is why people listen to this show because we're the only show that's going to talk about exponential functions of how much money you would make. In terms of centimeters of your asshole hair. Yeah, it would definitely be in centimeters, though. Like, that's the unit. <laughs> that's the unit I'm going to stick with. Like, maybe millimeters. Millimeters, you could really get defined there. But it would definitely be on an exponential. Because, like, you know, three inches, like, you get the limiting returns there. Yeah, yeah. It, it gets <laughs> a lot worse. Though. It's really going to exponential it there. Yeah. So what would you what would you rate this doc if you could uh, rate this doc about rich people complaining that they're sad? I think it fits pretty firmly into that three point five category where the the bulk of it, you know, the stuff that's about the uh, the director, a lot of that stuff isn't particularly interesting. I don't think so, and you know, stuff about her examining her photography career and all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't really care about it, but like I was saying earlier, the cast is so interesting and the ideas are obvious, but it's nice to see them from such a 
range of people. So, yeah, solid 3.5. Pretty good. That's pretty nice. I see on your list you have another show that you did not watch all the way through. It says you lasted 20 seconds and decided you were done. You want to you yeah. tell the listeners what show that was? Yeah, so I decided to try and watch a new HBO show. It's called... It's called... It's called Abbott Elementary. And it looks like it's supposed to be a comedy about some Philadelphia public school teachers. Uh, they're like grade school teachers, it looked like. Or like, in the first 20 seconds, it looked like the main character was maybe a kindergarten or a first grade teacher. I got about 20 seconds in, and I was like, okay, this could be kind of funny for about 15 of those seconds. And then they decided that they were going to make this show in like that office style where somebody's making a documentary about the teachers and they're being interviewed in between the classroom. And I'm like, this is garbage already. I'm done. No, they're still doing that style. They're still doing that style. I can't believe that shit, man. It's so grating. This shit's so no. It's fucking so overly explanatory. Like I just watched this thing happen. You don't have to talk to me about that thing. I just saw it. It was right there. Man, I can't believe they're still making shows in that style. I'm like, you know, so here we got we got to talk about this because the 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 exactly what you said, The Office, as old as the original British show and then as even as old as the American version of that British show. And then, I mean, that's a, that's a genre that just is, is way too damn old at this point. Yeah. And I mean, I'm never a big fan of the office in the first place. I thought it was, I never watched like the British version. I should say that I heard it's better than the American version, but I thought the American version was like, all of the people with the worst taste I've ever known have liked that show. <laughs> yeah, it's like their <laughs> fucking favorite show. That's, that's like the automatic filter of like, okay, you, you, there's no point in me talking about any of this stuff because I'm just going to hear some shit I don't want to hear. So it's like you're saying, like that style is, it's so old and so overdone by this point. And it's just, it's just not funny to me. It's like, like I said, I just saw. The comedy, like the comedy is supposed to be in the thing I see, not the character doing like a meta commentary on it. Like that's just fucking lame to me. To me, the entire style of that camera is like, like peaked when Netflix peaked because the office was on it and Parks and Rec kind of does that style. Another garbage just, show, by the yeah, way. Yeah, another, you know, another Netflix tier show and Trailer Park Boys does it. But it was very, very prominent in the first and I think the second season. And then they realized, like, no, this the show is just better without it. So they kind of just like really, I don't even think it exists in like the like that any of the cuts to like you know just talking to the cameraman. They the thing is, is that in the first season they acted as though the cameraman was like in all of the shot. Like like those are just like the asides. But, like, during the show, they would, like, refer to the cameraman. Like, they would be doing, like, some heist. And the cameraman, like, Ricky would talk to the cameraman, like, in the in the second person. Like, in the backseat of the fucking thing. And, yeah, uh, 
that was kind of funny. But then he just decided, like, no, nah, we're just we're just not going to do this. And it can kind of work when you're at least like you know kind of self aware of that kind of thing. And plus, Trailer Park Boys are so ridiculous anyway that like <laughs> those guys are just funny listening to them talk. <laughs> that's at the end of the day, that's all there is to it. But with like you know the sort of office Parks and Rec style stuff, it's like it's almost like uh, I think somebody. I think Anderson of the After Disaster in the Film Vault, he said that basically it's like a laugh track. It's like it, that, that's what lets you know that you're supposed to laugh at that point. And it's, it's just fucking cringy, man. I can kind of see that. I've never thought about it that way. Where like that's the, the newer accepted version of the laugh track. Because that shit, like laugh tracks just wouldn't fly in most. I don't even think they really exist in any major capacity in shows anymore. But that's no, kind anymore. of like what got phased in. Yeah, because it's like, oh, here's this maybe mid-tier kind of funny scene. And then here's the character doing a wacky face. I, I hate it. I hate it. So this is wanna, an HBO? I want to burn that show to the ground. Yeah, it's HBO. It looks like it's on Hulu, and it looks like it was an a- ABC original that makes so much sense. <laughs> Fucking hell. Because I'm seeing that like it's on Hulu and on the bottom right of the of the TV show, it's got the ABC logo. So yeah, I'm fucking fail on your part watching fucking network TV shows. I thought it was like an HBO original. I don't know why I did. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh no, no, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Fuck, that's my bad then. I can't even get mad at this because I made this bad choice. <laughs> oh my god. Well, well, I mean, it's still good to know that you can't like get a What's that one theory of like where the robot becomes indistinguishable from the human? I'm talking about like the Turing test. Yeah, I guess the Turing test. You see, you didn't fall for it. Like the, the <laughs> network shows are still so bad that you can't like withstand them. Like you literally get twenty seconds into it and say, "Nope, no, no this ain't real." <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I gotta say well, the uh, the actor the actor the 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 white guy on the show he looks like he's really fucking not having it <laughs> he's just like this show ain't good Chris Chris Perfetti uh, where have I seen him in something before what has he been in uh, HBO series great HBO series looking he was on nope he was on NBC and CW he's been on nothing man this is like a D list actor. Oh, Jesus. Well, he tried. He tried. This Got show is getting a second get season, by the way. I mean, I'm, I'm not mad about that because, you know, people have bad taste. That's fine. <laughs> well, it's not, again, it's not their bad taste. It's just that they have no taste. It's not, it's not their fault. Yeah, second season on, uh, on, on ABC is coming, uh, Think in two weeks, two ish weeks. There you go. Oh well, shit! I mean, you know what? I think he was what? in something. I, I just say it's, it's cool John to see Malkovich. Tyler James Williams get work. I like him. Yeah, that's absolutely. Oh my god! I just saw that he was on something. Like he was listed as some very background in John Malkovich. But it doesn't say being John Malkovich. I think it was just a... I don't know. 
he just I hung think, out with John Malkovich one day. I think he just like, hung out with John Malkovich one day. <laughs> I was like, you can put this on my resume now. I think it's like he was listed <laughs> as being like a fucking like in a movie that John Malkovich was also in. Not that he was in the movie being John Malkovich. That's a fucking weird movie, but a good one. I like that. That's a good movie. It's a it's a brain teaser. Can we talk about some Charlie Kaufman while we're at it? That was he. I think he wrote that one, but he didn't direct it. Yeah, that's true. I like yeah. that guy. He's done some like wacko cool shit. Dude, I'm a big fan of Charlie Kaufman. You know, my favorite movie in the entire world is written by Charlie Kaufman. Is that Synecdoche? I know you're the yeah. one that told me about that one. That's yeah. a fucking great movie. I was so fucking lost when I was watching that. It is a it is a movie that you cannot just watch once. Like there is yeah. no there is absolutely nothing in just watching that movie once. You've like it's it's kind of like there is a lot of novels. There are a lot of novels where if you just read them once without like annotating anything, that you're just gonna be completely lost. And I remember there's an image I can't remember if it's if I can't remember what book it is, but I remember it's a, it's a very common image of a of a literary critique, like they're reading one page of this uh of this novel that's kind of in the higher tier of of like modern literature, and the entire page is like just it's just it's all over the place. Like there's just so much shit that's going on, and it's just covered in all these highlighter colors, and there's boxes and circles and. <laughs> it's like there's fucking flowcharts and shit. Is so, that that book you told me about a while ago? No, I can't even remember okay. what the title was, but I know it wasn't that one. Um, but yeah, this that synecdoche is is very similar to that. It's very very deep, and I'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of it. So to to get you uh, to return the favor with some Roger Ebert praise, uh, he called it the best movie of the decade because so. it is. Because <laughs> very simply it is. This guy also uh Kaufman wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is like one of my favorite movies when I was a teenage sad boy. And it's still pretty good. Yeah, he definitely grew up a bit. I mean it's kind of weird <laughs> that Malkovich, like, you know, was written before that. And Sunshine maybe he just like maybe got some weird contract and he's like, whatever, fine, I'll write this for you guys. Like by some weird some silly channel. I mean it's a well written movie. The idea of it's pretty cool. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I'm uh I'm upset that this uh, what were what else were you gonna say about Charlie Kaufman? I think that was basically all I had. I'm looking through the other stuff he did. I haven't seen. I'm thinking of ending things yet. I want to say I heard mixed reviews of that. Yeah, that was one of the three movies that came out that year. I remember that. Yeah, it was like very, Wasn't there? Wasn't this? Oh no, this was released in uh, August, and no one could watch it. That's right. It's uh, it's got really terrible ratings. It's probably that probably means it's good, because people do not like Charlie Kaufman on the surface level. He's too fucking big brain for them. <laughs> All the fucking smooth brains, they just can't follow it. I think it might also have. Uh, I mean, obviously from the title, it has themes of suicide, which some people are not fans of watching, and I totally understand that. So I thought it was. A, I thought like when I read the title that it was kind of about suicide, but. When I looked it up, I want to say it was just about like a breakup. Yeah, I'm not sure. I might, I might actually give it a watch. I'm a big, I'm a big Charlie man. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was distributed by Netflix. Oh, I know it was. It's because you could. It's probably because he had already written it and it already been shot, and they're like, "Well, fuck, we can't release it now." So you know what? How about this? 
they had it shot, they released it, or they were good. They had a they had a release date for it, and then you know that happened, and they're like, oh fuck, well movies can't happen anymore. So they had to pick a streaming service. So they picked Netflix, and the Netflix viewers they just didn't like it because it wasn't like their other Netflix shows. So that's why it has bad reviews. I think it was just like too good for Netflix. Yeah, probably. That makes enough sense. I I think that 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 could be a very interesting way that people in like some number of years will go back and find some movies from that time, and they're like, "What got slept on?" Because I mean, some some things could definitely get slept on once you throw in that stimulus of, "Oh shit, things ain't normal anymore." So some yeah. ratings go kind of whack. Yeah, what's like the like the underground indie band of Netflix content? You know, like what's the duster of Netflix? So. So here's the, here it is. On Google, this thing has a 2.3 uh, from 4,000 ratings. On Ooh, IMDb, that's... it has a 6.6. On Rotten yeah, Tomatoes, it has an 82. And Rolling oh. Stone, it has a 4 out of 5. Yo, this is a divisive film. That makes it interesting. Oh, yo, you know, the, the critics gave it an 82. The audience gave it a 50. Oh, it's probably really good then. <laughs> <laughs> Labs, man. <laughs> the great filter, Charlie Kaufman. Oh. Mystery and thriller horror. I'm actually gonna have to fucking watch this movie now. Yeah, that is not the genre I was expecting from what I know about that. I might end up watching that after we finish here. Oh damn. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if I can find a way to watch this pretty soon because I've got a. I've got a week ahead of me. This is uh this is the week that I am going to a national lab to do the testing. I'm leaving tomorrow afternoon, so I'm gonna have to find a way to torrent this and put it on my phone because I'm not spending any money on Netflix. Get fucked. Yeah, meme oh, company. No way. Meme company. <laughs> but uh, well, I know we started this about getting to the album I listened to. Yeah, I was gonna say. Second, like... but, but while while we're you know riffing on TV and movies, do you want to talk about a show you've been watching? Yeah, I have uh, been watching the new millennial cultural sensation uh, that you kind of are forced to as a as a as a gen whatever uh, watching the the HBO House of the Dragon, and uh, I've finished the three episode rule of which you know for TV shows if if it's like ten plus episodes you you're supposed to watch three and then make a determination you know cut it or not like you know stop watching it or or keep going. And uh, I was going to tie in this the other week when I had said that I had a problem with pilot episodes because pilot episodes suck. The entire basis for them is stupid. And it, it completely does not serve any positive purpose for the showmaker. I will say this. The pilot episode for House of the Dragon sucked. It was terrible. It was overexplained. I thought it sucked. I thought it was over-explanatory. I thought it lacked a lot of the good dialogue that Game of Thrones had. And I gave, I honestly, it was like a five out of ten episode. I'm like, wow, this is like blech. You know, so for, it was just average then. It didn't suck. Mm, I think like the the jousting scene with Damon was pretty good, but the a lot of the dialogue killed me for it. And I remember, and I might have even said this on a different episode. But it was when uh, when Cirrus, it was during the jousting scene, and uh, the king was over giving, uh, he was with his wife, delivering his soon-to-be-dead child, 
and uh Cirrus was like watching the jousting and he's like maybe we should not celebrate the arrival of a king with such violence or something and i'm like get the fuck out of here man no one would ever say that man this is like the shit you know they're supposed to be going crazy you know with these uh people like you know dedicating themselves it's just like it was the the very moment was such like a a disillusion with the time that i was like oh man that's really rough because like all the medieval stuff man they're like you know all these knights are are pledging themselves to the king and it was like the taking you out of the show moment i'm like oh god i will say i did not think they would show that abortion scene that was or the the the, 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 the yeah the c-section i really did not think they would show it like that that was pretty ballsy um i thought that the second episode was a big step up and actually pretty good i think the the dragonstone scene was a uh, was pretty solid too when they when they eventually handed the egg over after like the fucking dragon muscle flexing they were doing mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i thought uh i thought i think a lot of the political balancing in the in the what's it called the chamber the king's chamber the council i guess that's pretty cool i thought that was really good and i thought that was like one of the few good epi- things in the the first episode and the second episode where you see Cirrus kind of say, all right, you didn't take my, you didn't take my, I think it was their child, you know, like 12 year old girl. All right. You didn't take my 12 year old girl to be your wife. All right. Well, I'm siding with Damon now. That was pretty good. Like that's, that's how I would imagine things would go there. Cause it's like the whole family power stuff. Like I thought the second episode was good in that regard, especially when he decided to, to marry Renera's friend or sister like like her best friend or something i can't remember what the, i don't know what their relation is but she was very pissed off of that so uh, i thought it was like a good instance of them showing a convincing character where the king is just bad at his job he's pretty convincingly bad at his job but i did think that in the third episode which aired last evening that when he was really drunk and uh, he was talking to Jamie Lannister, fucking shit all over him. It was like, get the blown the fuck out moment right there. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, I gotta be honest, I haven't watched past the first episode yet. Damn. Well, I thought the second and the third episode, I thought the third episode was even a step up from the second one. You should have stopped me, but if you if you also you don't care, then that's fine too. I mean, yeah, that's just I remember when all the spoilers for like some of the later seasons of Game of Thrones came out, and it's like that didn't really affect my enjoyment of it at all. So if I'm gonna like it, yeah. Well, that happens. Um, I thought I thought the I thought the third episode was was a big step up too because there's a there's a solid amount of like actual battling. Uh, people have been saying that the CGI for everything except the dragons is pretty ass. I think they spent all the money on the dragons. I think that's honestly like. I wouldn't even be mad if that was the approach because, like, you know, why the fuck are we going to watch the Targaryen show, you know? So, like, I think that there was there was one other animal they did actually, I would say two that they did for episode three that one of them was fine. The other one, like, seemed a bit too machine-like but otherwise, like, I mean, wasn't that wasn't that bad. I think, um, I think I liked episode two and three were definitely a big step up. I mean, the pilot episode for me was like 
really overexplanatory. really like trying to make sure everyone knows exactly what's going on. Didn't have a lot of the subtle stuff that a lot of the early seasons of Game of Thrones had, but I think that, uh, I think it's getting better now. I think the writing has gotten better and it's yeah, not I mean, like force the pilot theory. Formula. They gotta, they gotta have at least a few episodes of like, here's all of these fucking characters and you know, they spend probably the better part of the first episode, and I'm guessing some of the seconds, like introducing people and giving you some first impression of them. So it's gonna be it's gonna be slow at first. Uh, I like if you're saying they're focusing a lot of like internal politics and you know political squabbles within the small council. That's pretty cool because that was some of the. I think that's what made those first few seasons of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, so great it was just like how how in depth it went. To, into just like these very like you know how these rich and powerful families are like slowly and covertly and discreetly trying to you know fuck each other over and, and get more power like, i thought that was really interesting to watch so that's cool if they're doing more of that in house of the dragon yeah that definitely is huge in in episode three and it's very big in episode two and episode three it goes i mean it gets really really big and I would say that for that reason, I'm enjoying it a lot more. And uh, <laughs> I think episode three has a lot of callbacks where like fans of the show like really are just going to laugh at a lot of the shit that goes on. Just on the basis that one of them, one of the characters is called Jason Lannister. It starts with a J, it's five letters long, and he's a Lannister. Like, you just know he's a prequel version of Jamie. I think he literally called him Jamie a few minutes ago. Well, his name is Jason, but okay. I, I may have called him Jamie. His name's Jason, but yeah, he's just a character that's in it. And uh, I thought episode three was very good. And I think they're doing a very good job at playing to the strength at which you believe that one side is powerful and could convincingly win without it being cheesy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, my impressions of the first episode were kind of similar to yours. Where I'm like, this is okay, I guess. But like I was saying, I haven't watched the past couple episodes because I just have not had that desire to like go back into that world. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't really care about anything that was happening. I do think like you were saying, that whole C-section scene was like particularly brutal. I'm surprised they showed as much as they did there. But other than that, it was just was just okay. And I'm kind of worried if a lot of the bud the budget is just going to dragons because you know that's there's a correlation there with the later seasons of Game of Thrones where I know that they were less than good for other reasons, but also it's because that's what they were going for it was like oh we have this huge budget and all these people watching so we're gonna show you a bunch of dragons lighting shit up it's like yeah i mean it's cool but that's not what i was here for in the first place yeah i uh i think that it's um i said this before but the show needs a, the show needs a varus varus made a lot of varus was like a, a crossroads in character development because he was all over the place and he was very much um, he was very much involved in the politics, and you could get a lot of information from him. 
and where he was playing. And uh, I know, I know that the show doesn't have CIA, which is why you watch Thrones in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> which sucks, man. If they had Hayden Jill in the show, be a hit. They need to get him to like play his ancestor or something. That would make it at least like I would bump my rating up for that show a whole star if they got CIA <laughs> back in it. I completely agree. I wish he was in it, but I—I I mean, like, I said, I said this to someone else, but like, the fact that they went on and made a show about the Targaryens, you know, the whole Game of Thrones sphere was Daenerys, like, oh, we used to fucking, we used to be the kings. We, we used to kings run. And shit. No, that's not what I meant. I'm I meant sorry. we used to, we used to fucking run this place. This shit was ours. You were all our slaves. That's kind of what I want to see, and and for the most part, it's definitely happening so far. Like they run this shit, they are not challenged. There's one other Valyrian house. I don't know if it's just Valyria, but you know, it's kind of like a partnership. Like they're just kind of running this shit. If you don't got a blonde hair, you don't know. You ain't shit. Get the hell out of here. So that's kind of like where um, it's like where the crux of a lot of the show is right now. And it's, I think that the show definitely has gotten better in the second and third episode. Because I will also say this. The pilot of Game of Thrones, the show, that was fucking ass. That was such a cheesy ass fucking episode. You know, all the things I do for love pushes them out of the window. Get the fuck out. Like, that shit was so silly. I I didn't think that was cheesy. I thought that was Jamie being Jamie. Just being a smug dickhead. Yeah. I mean, kind of, but like the. The, the music with it where it was kind of like a silly I remember like the the like I don't know if it's the back or his front it expands into you know he falls and you hear him break and oh, then it yeah. goes to music like that was pretty damn cheesy yeah actually but I mean I like the second and the third episode I think there's a lot more of the the posturing the political posturing it gets important and yeah. uh, the king is is definitely like very his decisions matter decisions like the stuff that he's doing matters and it's definitely uh they're definitely talking a lot about the posturing and like what good and what bad can happen and uh it's very interesting i i kind of like it so far i think i think a lot of it's going to play out pretty well uh i I don't necessarily thing is the bad thing i think about the episodes is i feel that they feel the need to end the episodes with either fighting or like a battle or something. And I guess it didn't really happen in episode two, but it had a, a twist at the end. But the episode, you know, episode three, I feel like it kind of carried on a little. Like, it, I think the whole episode was 58 minutes, but it kind of felt really long because the last scene was like a little needlessly long. But I think the, everything before it was really, really good. Alright, so these few episodes in, there's three episodes in, do you think Targaryen King is a better or a worse king than Bobby B? Oh, the, the current one? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's... Man, Bobby B was a really shit king. Fucking... <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to say I think he is better because he does not see the end of his family's reign like yeah joffrey reigns but joffrey was like a fucking joffrey was a cersei plant and essentially a lannister so i mean just in that regard 
but he didn't. I know. I don't think he eventually gives like his his uh, once he dies, his airing is not like a non Targaryen or a non Valyrian. So like just in that regard, he's better. Okay, fair point. But I don't think he's a good king. I think he's well, like a. I think he's like a solid, like a solid five or four so far. Yeah, I, I guess like you're saying, it's not. It's not the most difficult thing in the world to be a better king than Bobby B. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't lose your houses. The whole thing with Stannis too, like, come on, come on, you can't do that. Should have just let Stannis be king. Yeah, Stannis would have continued the Baratheon reign. Yeah, and I mean, he still will because he never actually died. That's true. I fucking can't believe that's true. He never actually died. <laughs> Yeah, what if he come, what if he comes out with a boat like once King's Landing is in ashes? He's like, yeah, I fucking run this shit all along. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take some bets right now because I just learned a few days ago that there is another Game of Thrones spinoff in in development. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard about this one. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I think I do. This is this is a show that's gonna be called Snow. Yeah. What are your bets? I think Stannis comes back in snow, dude. Stannis still alive. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't snow supposed to be the after, like the post quill? Like the Yeah. So look, you had uh Brienne not kill Stannis while he was in the north. And after Stannis not died, he decided, Hey, fuck, dude, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go be on the wall. I don't care about this shit anymore. I just like fucking burned my daughter alive. And I lost this battle, and nobody cares about me. So I'm, I'm gonna go live, you know, past the wall. And you know who else is past the wall? John fucking Snow. <laughs> I don't care, man. Fucking Egret's, <laughs> Egret's not in the show. Uh, Egret's yeah. dead. Fucking rip Egret. If Egret was still alive, and they just boned it out for the rest of eternity, then that'd be a good show. <laughs> Well, they're doing that in real life, so. dude. I I, uh, I did not know that uh, that it was a post, like it was an after. I thought it was going to be like a prequel. I'm like, wow, I don't fucking care. <laughs> but if it's like an actual like a uh, like post story with Jon Snow, like retcon the show, I'll give it a chance. But if it's really bad, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be bad. Like- it's going to be a really like. Half half handed attempt to retcon every bad thing, <laughs> and uh, I just you know I just want it to not suck. I won't be too upset. I mean I will be upset, but I'm way more interested in this show because like the pre stuff has the uh, has the source material, which is actually good, and I know it's good, so I don't have to like risk it being bad, and they can just stick to that. So I'm happy with that. And it's pretty okay yeah. after three episodes. Like, I'm I'm interested to see like uh, some some actually like uh, high stakes things happen, and I think they will. Yeah, uh, my concern about or my possible concerns, I guess, about Snow is that Kit Harrington's supposed to be like involved pretty heavily in the development of it, and it's kind of just like I don't know, maybe he's trying to keep you know the the role that made his career and that he's 
pretty much at this point the only thing people really remember him for like i know he was in some other hbo show called gunpowder or something that just nobody watched and it was mediocre so he's just trying to you know keep that uh keep that relevance going with this i don't blame him, man so many actors and actresses from from game of thrones that their entire careers after just did not carry over like nothing happened i don't know whatever happened to marjorie uh, I can't remember her freaking name. But... Natalie Dormer or Dorner? I can't remember which yeah. one of those, but how dare you forget her? Yeah, man, dude. I don't know. I, I think she was in like one or two things afterwards, but I like maybe she just resorted back to like, uh, oh, she was a writer. 2018 in darkness. Is it good? I don't know. I just, I just, I'm just looking up her IMDb stuff. Yeah, she's been in a few things. The Probably dark... some minor stuff. Yeah, it's like it kind of is minor stuff. Yeah, I mean, Sophie Turner was in a couple things, but other than that, like Daenerys, uh, she did not. I think she was like notably, like very much not in a lot of things. She was in a like a Terminator movie. I think that was also supposed to be bad. We have to circle back now. We have to circle back to your album. <laughs> all right, now that we finally got all the way back here, after I pulled us on some some long uh, tangents, uh, I listened to an album by somebody whose name I guess you'd say and and so almost like you're saying and so it's like and so it's n dash capital S yeah. lowercase n dash capital S lowercase o. That O throws you off. That O definitely throws you off, man. How do you say that O? Is it like a long O? What, what else would it be? What do you mean? I mean, you see the O, right? It's got the line over it. Oh, so I'm looking at like the Bandcamp page right now. It doesn't have it there, but does it have it on the RYM? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess, yeah, I guess you would just say Enso. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. So it's weird. It doesn't have it on like the the artist name, and it doesn't have it like in the little where it says the name under the about section. But then you scroll a little bit down, and it does have it there. So yeah, that does kind of throw me off now. Fuck. Anyway, this was something I found uh, because you know I was still. Fairly ad commission a few hours ago. 
And I was like, the only thing I can really listen to right now is some kind of ambient. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the, the brain power for anything complex or heavy or like totalist in any kind of way. I just want something light and airy that I can just put on and not think about. Kind of like what I was saying with the documentaries earlier. Yeah. So I just went to the ambient page and uh, scrolled up to the most recent results which one one funny thing you see on the ambient page which is i guess it's justified but just gets to some of our points about why the uh, the rym genre tagging system can be not so great sometimes is because if you look at the top ambient albums of all time you have philosophem by burzum as number two which <laughs> i guess yeah it's, it's kind of justified because there's like a you know, like a 25 minute long ambient track in the middle there. But that is not something that if somebody was like, oh, bro, what's like a great ambient album? I'm not going to tell them to go listen to Philosophy. I'm like, that'd be weird. Yeah, no, that's, that's a bad, that's a bad suggestion. Uh, what, what did you just send me? I sent you a link to uh, his, the records label, like his page. Mm-hmm. It says it's a, it's just a project band made by a, made by a composer named Nick Angeloni and Nick Angeloni went to a, I'm guessing a, a college of music in Boston and uh, the album, the, the records is named Moderna records. Oh fuck. Wait a second. <laughs> Did I get like audio vax? No, I, 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 if you look at like the, here's a link to their, Bandcamp page, like the records record label Bandcamp page, they've got a they've got some pretty nice album covers, man. They're pretty nice. I like these. Yeah, it's, it's probably just like a small ambient label for the most part. Uh, but yeah, so this album is called. If I can scroll back over to it. Uh. Uh, this album is called The Unknowing and it's about 30 I think it's like 37 minutes long or something which was another thing that I was kind of looking for because you know some of these people are making like 90 minute or 80 minute long ambient albums where it's like bro who who has time for that like I get the whole point (laughs) is that you're supposed to be able to put it on in the background and shit but like I'm not going to commit to 80 minutes of ambient that I'll probably want to turn off after like maybe 45. That's just silly. So this one, yeah, it was like 37 minutes. So I was like, I can do that. That's, that's solid. And not really anything special. I'm not going to like shit on it super hard or anything. Cause it's, you know, like a, a very small project. It's just something some guy made. It's not like, that's not like some big deal that I'm supposed to care about in the first place. So I don't know. It would, all, it would also just feel like kind of, kind of lame to like shit on some guy's small project that he just makes for fun or something. Like that's, that's stupid. Uh, there's some interesting stuff happening, I guess. I thought it was just going to be like a sort of like, you know, just very light airy synths. And I thought there weren't going to be any drums going into it. Cause apparently I know nothing about ambient. And 
really what he's doing here is there's three different kinds of songs. Uh, when I was reading the description for it, it says it says uh, the project, and so is based on a combination of analog synthesizers with piano and drums. So already I'm I'm wrong, but the there's a few songs that kind of stick to that formula, and I think those are usually the worst songs here. Uh, it's probably a third of the nine tracks. I'd, I'd say there's either three or four of those songs that start off with like some kind of simple, like staccato synth melody, not even really like a melody. It'll just be like hitting the same note a few times or like maybe it'll be like two or three notes or something. And then the drums will come in behind that. And then there'll be a little bit of piano and, you know, no, it, it never gets, too complex but it's very very gridded stuff and for me i guess when i'm listening to electronic music if it's going to be like so heavily gridded i want there to be a lot happening uh so i don't you know personally i don't feel like this kind of stuff really works where it's very simple and very controlled uh, it's, it just starts to feel repetitive and not in like a good way. Uh, some of the other styles of, of songs that you'll hear here are my favorites are just the ones where he's just kind of like playing some light stuff on the piano. Cause I feel like maybe that's just what I was expecting. I would get in the first place. Uh, you know, it's not like some crazy virtuoso stuff, but this guy can definitely write some melodies. Like I was impressed with what I heard on that regard. And uh, the other stuff, which might only be like a couple, like two songs here, probably the shortest ones, they're almost kind of, to me, it sounded like space ambient almost, where it's, that's where you really notice the synthesizers. And, you know, they're, they're decent. Um, not too much to say about this overall. I can't even pick out a single song that I would want to put a spotlight on. So if I had to put a number on it, I'm, I'm going with a 2.5 because it was pleasant and it didn't bother me but am i really gonna listen to it again probably not i've uh, i've got to say i uh, i actually tried to find this album i didn't i couldn't really find it on anything that wasn't uh and it wasn't the torrent site i tried to look on youtube couldn't find a youtube uh probably should have looked at their Bandcamp page but yeah, it, during during uh your review of, of talking about them i i don't know i noticed this earlier there's one person that has reviewed this, uh, that has rated this album. They have also reviewed this album. They give it a very stunning, positive 4.5 out of 5, this album. They, uh, they say in the album, uh, or in the review, I want to find out where I saw it. Um, Yeah, the very first one. I honestly believe Enso is one of the greatest artists of all time. I would even say he's the greatest of all time. I know how spicy that position is, but he really is the only artist I have found with more than one album that has been so good from front to back. So, naturally, naturally, went to his page. It's decent, you know, the curve, the, his curve is pretty alright. It's, uh, it's, it's, very very broad from uh from one to four it's very like a lot of very evenly spaced he says a very small collection of 0.5 4.5 and fives 
in his fives, he has two of Enso's, the other two albums from Enso. He also has Jenny Death, The Powers oh, That God. Disc 2. He has Drive Like Jehu, Yank Crime. All right, I'm back on board. Gore Guts Obscura, which is a fucking callback to this show, because that <laughs> song is dissonant, dissonant death metal. <laughs> he has King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Nonagon Infinity, which is uh... fucking not a good pick. In his 4.5s, he has an album that I have talked about being the most influential album of all time. It is the Minecraft soundtrack. <laughs> in his 4.5 he has the Minecraft soundtrack so that is the one and only person that has rated and reviewed this album to have listened to this album you are in elite's company do you feel better about yourself oh I I I don't know how to feel about that. Like, just like, just like yeah, <laughs> this is actually one of the weirdest curves I've ever seen. Like, I've never. I kind of like it. I honestly think that's like a, a somewhat on. It's a lot more honest than than a lot of other curves on this site. It's and he and in his, and in his ratings, you know, under a five, he says under four and under like all of this stuff. Like he has like one point five, liked a few moments. I mean, that's that's. That's okay. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I I would probably have a curve that is a lot more centered around two point five than than one point five because that's where the the highest amount is. I would say his curve is probably around like a I don't know, uh, might be around two point five. No, I fucking hate this guy. This guy's hella pretentious, and his his description of a five eh, not too boring. Fuck you. I don't I get that. Guy. Yeah, no. Why would you do that? Oh, and I also I I wanted to make a I wanted to make a point of notion that uh in his review, if you press the C more on the bottom, the very last line says this is based off a 128 kilobyte per second stream off of Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> to write all of this and like say that this artist is like this pinnacle like the best artist off of a 128 kilobyte per stream per second stream dog dog <laughs> please the site is a fucking joke man some of these people i their existence must just be like what, what do you think this guy does for work he's a 22 year old canadian yeah, he doesn't work <laughs> <a> canadian <laughs> Oh jeez! I just I just find that shit fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> that you can write that much and then say, "Yeah, this is based off of a, a YouTube tier audio quality." You know, that's you, compressed down to fuck. Have you looked at his pictures? The pictures he has on his profile. I only looked at the first one. I thought the first one was click kind of on funny. It. Click on it. It'll show you all four. Is that him? I don't know. I don't think that first one is him, but the fourth one definitely is. I don't. Why is he doing this? 
<laughs> what is what is his end game? What is his end game? What? I don't know why someone would do this. The third image is so weird. Like, why would you put that on? It looks like him at a con or something. Like, is he pretending to be like a shitty, like a, like a, it looks like he's pretending to be the guy from the mask. But if that guy was in like scary movie or something. Bro, the, this, this fourth picture here, he's wearing what looks like a, like a, a puppy hat of some sort, like that goes all the way around his head. I can't tell if it's, if it goes further than that, like. It doesn't look like it does. I think his shoulders uh, are a different color. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So he's wearing like some kind of puppy hat and a and a gas mask. Uh, yeah, I mean that could be a paintball mask. Oh, it could be okay. I think that's I think it's a paintball mask. Why is he wearing a paintball? He's inside his house or whatever. You can see that. Looks like on he could be. I mean, the back there's a dinner table, but on the left side. It looks like it's a storage facility, like a like a like a place that you would store shit. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever like seen a like personal that, uh, storage? That found footage movie VHS. You ever watched that one? No. So it's basically just like a. There's a few different. There's like eight different VHSs by this point, probably. But it's like a like an anthology movie almost, where there's like a few different stories that they do and. Oh, the whole idea, I think, is like they're seeing these on VHS tapes or something. Yeah, I've heard of this. I've heard so, of the movie. This guy looks like he would be in like a VHS movie. Like this is one of the weirdest RYMers that I think we've ever found. <laughs> Isn't uh, there's a picture of um? There's a picture of one of the VHS things, and it's the fucking Bjork stalker. Was he oh, was in really? the, yeah, was he in the V maybe that's how they found him as he was in the VHS movies. It's pretty I don't funny. know about that. Um I haven't watched those movies for a long time, but it's just this guy definitely looks like he could be in a VHS movie. VHS movies are horror, right? Yeah. The, you know, like like paranormal. It's like the, yeah, I was gonna stuff. say it's the original paranormal activity. Did it come out before? I thought it came out after. Oh, it might have. Yeah, maybe it did. Yeah, yeah, those found footage movies really became popular like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, shit, I couldn't watch this shit, man. It would fucking scare the hell out of me. Nah, dude, VHS is kind of funny at points. I, I, people say that. I'm not a horror. I've never been a horror fan. Really? Oh, I can't do it. I'm so against it. I've said this before. I said it because I've said it in the I've said it in the old radio show. I said that I don't like horror as a as a as an emotional like thing in movies. And 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 I remember you went on a tangent one time, you know, to that a movie that elicits fear as an emotion is like a different sign like form of art versus like a comedy or versus like a a thriller or versus like a a mystery movie. And I'm just like yeah, well, I don't like it. That's why. <laughs> I like it. What do you have to say about that? That's, that sounds like a, a conversation we would have had. I'm looking at this list of found footage movies now, and I really liked this movie, Evidence, when I watched it, you know, 10 years ago. I don't know if I would like it again. Fucking $12,000 budget movie. Oh, yeah. That's why all these <laughs> things came out. It's because they're fucking cheap as shit to make. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But this one, it was, it was quirky. I liked it. 
I didn't think it was very scary, but it was definitely quirky. It's got a 14% on Metacritic. It's got a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Haven't we already established that these people are shit and they don't actually know what they're talking about? Yeah, but the critic score is 6 and the and the audience is 28. Yeah, so like, I mean, that's because it was freaking 2012 when found footage was being shit out like radio pop, you know? Like you're saying, yeah. it was so cheap and easy to make. That everybody got tired of it pretty quickly, but well, I liked this one. Maybe I'll, uh, if I can find it, I'll watch it again, come back with a review next week. Yeah. I've uh, got to ask about one thing that I wanted to ask about earlier. On your list, uh, you've got wiki pages and what goes and what can happen when it goes unmoderated, I guess. Because there's, there's been a lot of stories about Wikipedia in the last like six years and the maybe growing biases or like the lack of moderation how it's actually starting to have a really bad effect on a lot of pages. I want to know what your story was, because I've got one about it, too. Yeah, I don't really care about that stuff, because that's fucking nerd shit. Uh, What I was talking about was more... This isn't even really a wiki. I guess I got a little mistake. It's a fandom website, which is like it uses that wiki format, but it's stuff that people make about things they're passionate about, like things with fucking fandoms. All right, cool. Uh... This I found this when uh you know I was going to the grocery store this morning because I need I desperately needed a sip like I could not <laughs> function without a sip so I had to I had to you know go out with a fucking pounding headache uh, to try and get a get a monster and um, I realized that you know that green one Ultra Paradise yeah okay. I was like, I don't, what, what flavor is this supposed to be? Like, I don't, I've never thought about that. Like, it's always tasted kind of strange to me, but I've never known what's even supposed to be. So I looked it up and I was linked to uh, this fandom page as one of the first Google results. And uh, how about you, uh, you know, scroll, uh, you know, open the page. I just sent to you, scroll down a little bit where it gets to that uh, summary section. Tell, tell me what it says there. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so wait, you said summary section. Like where it starts with status. There's a picture of the green can, and then under that it says status in bold. <laughs> it says diseased? Yep. Keep going. Okay, so flavor. Kiwi and lime with a hint of cucumber. I feel like that that's pretty... Sub- I feel like that's pretty subjective, but okay, maybe. Uh, country of country of origin, Ireland. This is uh, origin with an e at the end. Yeah, by the okay. way. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, likes. Uh, why does this have a likes and dislikes section? Uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it feels like they copied the. You know what I fe- I think happened? They copied the the general wiki layout and they like paste some shit and they forgot to delete stuff. So it's no, just I... likes quilting, fursuiting, killing Trumpies, my fat nuts, dislikes, <laughs> baloney, nightcore, the French, polls, 1101, understanding politics and policy, related yeah, flavors, think... and then just yeah, a bunch of couple related flavors. Yeah, I think this was just somebody having some fun. So scroll down to the description. You mean slogan? No, no, no. Description. 
It's two sections above. Uh, oh my god. Oh yeah, okay. Mon- Monster Ultra Paradise Zero Sugar and his 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 flavor <laughs> god, is kiwi in line with a hint of cucumber. Disappeared in season two. It's a cliffhanger for episode seven. <laughs> okay, this is actually really funny. <laughs> they are like a father figure to Monster Ultra Blue and are known to protect those weaker than them. Which ev- eventually led to their demise. This sounds like the Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like the Green Lantern protecting like Aquaman or something. <laughs> so that's that's the last funny funny piece on that page. But that was just what I was getting at. There was like clearly nobody has actually looked at this in a long time, or maybe it's just you know people like us have looked at it and just said, "Ah, it's funny. We'll just leave it." But. This is just some asinine content, man. Like, somebody was having too much fun with this. I'm trying to think. All wiki pages have a history that you can see the edits, but I don't know if these fandom pages do. I'd imagine they do, but... Oh, yeah, it does. It's in the triple triple dots. March 2022. Oh, okay, no, that's just them adding the ingredients. <laughs> Which are just totally accurate, by the let way. Me, let me see. The, let me see the very original one. Yeah. Okay. No, the original person that wrote this shit. <laughs> oh wait, no. Compare selected reviews. <laughs> so I'm looking at some of the other pages now, and they did this for like all of them. <laughs> is that this? Is this this guy Gollum Kohler or something? It sounds like something that's in like Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Older edit. This is this guy 101BR03KK that added all this shit. It's fucking status <laughs> deceased. <laughs> go to the go to the ultra white page. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's this guy that marched. Yeah, mar- the March guy. 101BRO. If you fucking look at his page, I'm sure he's got a lot of funny shit. He's just going around. Okay, wait, let's look at the white one. Status Mums. Oh my god. It's this guy's problem with Trumpies. Dislikes <laughs> homophobic Trumpy small dogs. I forgot I like the likes. The likes. MILFs, vegans, people with mommy issues, and llamas. I think it's funny that he added MILFs and people with mommy issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this Monster. has been up for like seven months? No. How long is March ago? Like five months? Three, four, five, six months. Six months, yeah. So, yeah, history. Okay, so, so that... Oh, sorry, go on. Okay, I'm just going to read uh, some other stuff from the Ultra White page says, Monster Ultra White is a flavor from the Ultra series introduced as a major ally in season one of an unknown French anime. <laughs> Description. <laughs> I forgot which French anime it's in, but I know it had a bunch of monster flavors in it and it was a Power Rangers ripoff. This particular flavor is difficult to compare to any fruit or taste, but the official flavor profile describes <laughs> it as light, refreshing citrus. It is one of the most monster energy drinks of all time. The, uh, oh, wait, I'm trying to find the, oh, my God, 
they added, if you look at the gallery, the last one is a fucking boomer Wojek with a fucking monster. <laughs> and the file name is This Is Totally Me. <laughs> somebody somebody found this page a couple of months ago, Paraglow. I'm looking at the comments. And he just goes, what is this? I'm out. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, so I'm I'm running on six percent battery right now. You I've got to I've got to say the uh, yeah actually in relation, have you tried the Monster Australian Lemonade? I think I did. I didn't care for it, dude. I like it a lot. I wish it was cheaper because I would get it all the time. I think that flavor is better than probably any of the Ghost Energy drinks besides Orange Dreamsicle. And if it was less than, if it was $2 a can or less, I would probably have it all the time. But I think it's only sold in those single packs or the single cans where they're like two fifty or two seventy nine. Like I am not spending that much money on a fucking can. So but it's really good. It's tart more than sweet. That's why it's like Australian lemonade. I'm not sure why that's their style, but I really like the tartness in it. Isn't it just like a, is it slightly carbonated? I can't remember if it's carbonated or not. I would I would guess it is. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Monster Ultra Boost status alive. So they're alive, but the green one is deceased. So the yeah. green one's looking... The green died protecting the blue. Yeah, that's what happened. I'm trying to the find out. Wrote an entire like lore for Monster Energy Drinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> This shit's fucking funny. I want to see if uh, uh, Ultra... Yeah, it's just... They add, like, country of origin for all of these... I think this is, like, a silly joke. <laughs> I don't know why there's a fandom for Monster Energy, but they're definitely just shitposting on it. There's only, like, five or pa- five pages on it. Is the orange one got anything? Most of these just say various country. It's... Yeah, okay. I think they just started shitposting like six months ago. With it. <laughs> Monster Ultra Red status trans with a trans flag. I don't know oh what they God. meant. By Wait, did it say? I didn't see. I didn't even see the red one. Is there a red one? Yeah, there's a red one. I don't think they really sell it anymore, which kind of makes me sad because I, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be cranberry flavor, but apparently the official flavor is fruit punch. What's this deal? Ultra Fiesta. Oh my god. Flavor. That guava candy you get from Chinese restaurants. <laughs> yeah, this is funny. I uh, I think that's I think that's gonna catch on a lot more. Like at some point, people are gonna stumble into really old and dead like uh, either fandom page or forums, and they're just gonna shit around on it. And they're like, whatever, <laughs> we're just gonna dick around. Yeah, that's that's, uh, my better uh, online finds. That's very funny. I'm surprised that it's very rare that you find something and like hasn't been immediately reverted yet. You're just like, what the fuck is this? Who's doing this? (laughs) And no one's watching it. So they could literally just put whatever they want there. Yeah. Yeah, no. I I don't I I would I would end it there. I'm all right. Anything else is, is a little too much. This has been the weekly drive by <laughs> <laughs>